Now a man from the house of Levi went and married a daughter of Levi. The woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw that he was beautiful, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got him a wicker basket and covered it over with tar and pitch. Then she put the child into it and set it among the reeds by the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to find out what would happen to him. The daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the Nile with her maidens walking alongside the Nile, and she saw the basket among the reeds and sent her maid, and she brought it to her. When she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the boy was crying. And she had pity on him and said, This is one of the Hebrew's children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for you? Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go ahead. So the girl went and called the child's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. The child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she named him Moses and said, Because I drew him out of the water. So we are in this series in the book of Exodus. God destined Israel to become a mighty nation. Such was the promise of God to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Therefore, God made Israel to grow in number. The growth threatened the Egyptians. Thus, the Egyptians tried to stop them from making babies through hard labor, but they could not stop them. Pharaoh would then conspire with the midwives to kill the newborn boys, but the midwives disobeyed Pharaoh because they feared God. God would bless the midwives for protecting the babies, but a massacre would then ensue. Pharaoh would command all the Hebrew male babies to be thrown into the Nile River. The massacre definitely grieved the Hebrews, but hope will arise. Moses would be born, the instrument that God would use to deliver the sons of Israel from the oppression of Egypt. Although Moses was born an Israelite, raised by an Israelite, Moses would be educated as an Egyptian. God would prepare his leader. One thing I can take from the book of Exodus is God fulfills his promises. God promised to Abraham that he would be a mighty nation. His descendants would be a mighty nation. And thus God fulfilled it or is in the process of fulfilling it. In the book of Exodus, they will become a nation with laws and a nation with leaders. In the way God would deliver them from Egypt 
would be through Moses. God's way always throughout biblical history, and I believe until today, is to always work through people. God would choose somebody or a group of people, raise them up, and fulfill his will on earth. Why is Israel being raised up? Because Israel would be the nation where Messiah would be born. Jesus would be born under the house of David. Israel as a heritage. God designed it that way. The laws of Israel is designed in such a way to foreshadow the coming of the Messiah. The ceremonies of Israel would be done, would be shown to them as a foreshadowing. What is a foreshadowing? These are clues. Clues to who the Messiah would be, what kind of Messiah he would be, or for them to understand. Israel would be raised as his nation. You see, uh, that's why I believe God can work through us. Because he always uses his people. How will God reach our nation through people? Through you and me. How will God reach our relatives? Guess who? You. How will the gospel be received by those who are, are, are close to the gospel? Who do not understand the gospel? Who will bring the message to them? I have another news for you. Probably or most likely you. Why is this so important? We know that the gospel of Jesus Christ is good news. What is the good news? First, we have to understand that the wrath of God is against all sin. Any single sin, the wrath of God is against any type of sin, whether it's gossip or murder or adultery or, or, or lust Whatever that is, if the Bible calls it sin, the wrath of God is against that. However, through Christ, the good news is only Christ was without sin. The ceremonies of Israel foreshadowed this, that every year the high priest would offer a lamb without spot, without wrinkle, No black spots. And it must be totally white and clean. Only that kind of lamb will be acceptable to God. Therefore, judgment shall be delayed. Through Christ, a person with no sin. He was the only one qualified. Because he came here to earth. God coming down to earth. Yet... Like us, tempted in every way, yet without sin. He was the only one who was acceptable to God. Where his wrath could be received and absorbed. Where the justice of God can be absorbed. And then through, the mercy, through him, the mercy of God can be released. If you talk about God's love, you can only talk about it only through Christ. God loves the world even before I know. But the ultimate expression of his love is through Christ. 
God would prepare his people as God prepares all of us. It's amazing, this story. Pharaoh tried to stop the growth of, of Israel as a nation because as a ruler, he must protect himself. However, he made a terrible mistake. Remember, this Pharaoh didn't care about what Joseph did, did not care about their history. And if you remember the former Pharaoh, the Pharaoh that with Joseph said or acknowledged that indeed God is with Joseph. And he witnessed the power of God to save Egypt and to save the world. Here's the thing. The God who saves can also be the God who delivers. The God who saved Egypt would this time destroy Egypt because this Pharaoh did not understand who God was and who God is. Friends, how do we know God? That's why there is the Bible. We study biblical history to understand who God is. To understand who Jesus is. That's why the Bible exists. That's why the Bible was put together in an amazing way. Why do I say amazing? I say amazing. It was uh, written by different authors from different uh, parts of the world. In a span of 1,500 years. Yet put it together, there is a central theme, a theme that builds up until the end of the New Testament, until today. There's a theme that, that built up and there's a central theme. Why is that amazing? You see, I'm, I'm one who studied writing and history and I studied philosophy as well. Part of my courses when I was in UP and Ateneo. One thing I discovered is this. You ask different people. One, you just ask 40 people from different countries of the world and say to them, just choose 40 people right now that you know. One may live in, in parts of the Middle East. One may live in parts of Asia or Africa. Or one may live or just stay in one place. Even just stay in Asia or in the Philippines. Allow them to write their own philosophies of life. And try to put that material together. Each one writing his own perspective. And then put that material together. You know what you get? A material that has little connection with each other. We once studied this book. I don't know if that was required in your Philo 1. Philosophy 1. The book of philosophical theories where uh, the writings of Plato and Aristotle and Socrates were put together. And you know what you get. And these mentored one another. Take note, they mentored. One mentored the other, and one mentored the other. All right? They mentored one another, and yet the result was a lot of contradictions on how to run a state. On even the perspective of family. Contradictions. But if you look at scripture. The amazingness of scripture. How amazing it is. From somebody who lived thousands of years ago.
4,000, 2,000, 1,000, put it together, there is a central theme. I see that as a miracle in itself. So if you think man just wrote the Bible, let me just say to you, it was God working through men. Because put their writings together, it is an amazing, it fits perfectly together. This Pharaoh did not understand history. He did not understand the power of God. If God could save, he can destroy. If God could save a soul from the lake of fire, he can certainly send people to the lake of fire. Remember that Jesus, Paul wrote in Romans, we are saved from wrath. What is he talking about? Simple, within the context of Romans, there is only one wrath, which is the wrath of God found in chapter 1. Friends, if you want to know God, if we want to know God and truly have a personal relationship, first, we go through Jesus Christ. Jesus said it himself, nobody goes to the Father except through me. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said, I am the way, nobody else. Okay? The Bible did not say, Pastor Ed is the way. Amen? It did not say, you are the way. It didn't say St. Paul is the way. It didn't say St. Peter is the way. It didn't say St. Mary is the way. No, Jesus said, I am the way to the Father. Is that clear? There is no other way. Through Christ, we come to him through Christ. Having faith in him. What, what does faith mean? What he represents, who he is, what he did on the cross. And the mercy we can receive that through faith. We may be saved from the wrath of God through faith in what? Through faith in Christ alone. Then appreciate the Bible because that reveals to us who God is until today. He is the same God. He's the same God of the Old Testament and the New Testament. What's the difference? The only difference is that those who are in Christ receive a different treatment. Did I say that right? Yes, I said that right. In Christ, it's different because Christ is the shield of the justice of God. Because the justice of God shall be revealed. Back to Pharaoh. Pharaoh did not understand his history. I hope you know your history. I hope you understand biblical history. Therefore, I encourage you, brothers and sisters, not to be lazy, not to be slothful, but hungry as you open God's word, as you read Genesis, Exodus, and so on, and even in the New Testament, as you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, as you read, be hungry, have a desire to say, Lord, I want to know you more. I want to know you more. And God reveals himself through scripture let's go back to the story there was a massacre every baby boy should die but Moses mother saw that he was such a cute boy right <laughs> so I'm gonna hide this cute boy well every baby is cute in their mother's eyes 
Praise God, you have a mother. Amen? At least somebody thought you were cute once upon a time. What a pretty baby boy. I will hide him. But when he could no longer hide the baby, he took a basket, waterproofed the basket, put the baby there and allowed the baby just to stay there. And it flowed. The water flowed. But the sister, Miriam actually, the sister watched it, the basket, go down the river. Perhaps there was a personal attachment. Definitely there was. She was one of those who took care of the baby. She watched it, perhaps behind the bushes. What will happen? Until it reached the place where Pharaoh's daughter and her maidens take a bath. And one of the maidens saw the basket. Pharaoh's daughter stretched out her arm and took a look at the baby. She had compassion on the baby because definitely she knew what was happening. That many babies were being killed. I believe deep in her heart she, she was uncomfortable by the decision of her father to just massacre to just kill one generation. So she took pity and Miriam was watching and at the right time, perfect timing, perfect timing, she approached the princess and said, do you want me to look for a yaya, a babysitter, somebody to nurse the child? Of course, she didn't let uh, the Pharaoh's uh, daughter think, okay, how can I take care of the child? He's a baby, he needs to suck uh, uh, some milk from a mother. Uh, by the time she was just happy looking at the baby, Miriam just said the right words. Do you want me to look for somebody to take care of the baby? She was alert. You know, I, I sometimes think, did the mother and the sister plan this thing? You know, my, my, it's not written in the Bible, but it could be that it just happened. They just tried to protect. They didn't know what to do. Or for three months, mama, a family tried to find a way. And they learned that what? The daughter of Pharaoh takes a bath right there. And perhaps they were hoping, hoping that they would get compassion. Maybe it was planned. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was just sudden. Maybe it was executed to perfection. Miriam, you watch and you approach the princess and propose to her. So what happened next? Princess agreed. Miriam called her mother and the princess asked the mother to take care of the child and that here's the funny thing and princess said I will pay for your services oh mothers can you imagine being paid to take care of your own child wouldn't that be fantastic right 
when I read this, this is God's sense of humor at work. And <laughs> so, it, again, it was either planned to perfection or God just arranged this. Now, in our personal lives, we could mention those two things. There are things we plan and we pray. And sometimes, not all the time, sometimes everything we prayed for happened to perfection. But not all the time. Yet there's this other time where you never planned anything. It just happened. Some blessings just happen. Isn't God good? I think in our lives, we should have both. We plan our lives and pray that God would bless our plan. Yet in the same way, be prepared for the surprises of God. You see, God will fulfill His promise. Can you say God is good? Can you say, God is good to me? Say, God is good to us. That is so true. So God protected Moses, but Moses will not only be protected. Huh? God will, he will not only protect Moses. He will raise Moses. He will be educated under Pharaoh's daughter. You see, you are blessed if you are educated in some way. Or in some way learn something, you are blessed. God has a purpose for all that. And if you believe you are not as blessed, it is never too late to learn. I do believe we must always be hungry to learn. We can always learn new stuff. There is government support for, for many, uh, under many presidents there, there is TESDA. And in TESDA there are lots of free education. And you have certification there. All you have to do is sacrifice for the time to learn. You can learn how to, to, to fix cars. You can learn how to cook. You can, learn, you can be employable if you do that. But many people don't. Why? One, they don't know or they're not asking. You see, you don't know because you don't ask. Because you're not curious enough. Because you are not seeking to learn. You are not searching to learn. But if you have a parent or a family member that seeks for you, that takes care of you, like, like Miriam found a way to convince the princess to take on Moses. So I'd like to share a few applications here. Number one. Believe that in the midst of problems and chaos, like this massacre, God is at work to fulfill all his promises. What he promised to Abraham, he will fulfill. And until today, he is continuously fulfilling his promises. We may not see it. The people of Israel may not see it. But his promise of making them a mighty nation was already happening. There are some blessings you don't see. There's some blessings we don't see, but it is already happening. So what do we do in life? We just say, thank you, Lord, whatever you're doing, Lord. Thank you. Whatever you're doing in our midst, whatever you're doing in our family. Are there problems? Yes, there was a massacre. There was a massacre, but the whole nation would be delivered one day. And this massacre, justice will happen because of this massacre. One day, every firstborn male in Egypt over all the land would die. 
Now, are you confused that this is the God you serve? Don't be confused. That is God. You know, somehow religion has made God into a softy. Huh? Like a soft tissue. Huh? Softy. Huh? God is no softy. They have turned even the images of Christ as a softy. Hello. God bless you. Oh, no, 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 no. This God you serve is not a softy. This God you serve will execute justice either in the lake of fire or in this life. You understand? But this God is also the ultimately merciful God, willing to forgive all of our sins, all, if we come through Jesus Christ. And we're talking about all, no matter what you've done. Think of the worst. He can forgive that. Maybe people can't, but he can. All. See, the mercy of God is ultimate. But let me just say the other side, his justice is also ultimate. Nothing is worse than that. You hearing me? So please, when you serve God, please... Love God and fear God at the same time. That's possible. To love God and respect Him deeply. When you are being tempted to commit adultery, remember the fear of God. Alright? When you are being tempted to steal, kill, or destroy, remember the fear of God. When you are tempted to... to Cross the line, remember the fear of God. And you'll be surprised how powerful the fear of God is to put us where we should be within the mercy of God. And if ever you do commit sin, here's the good thing. We can come to Him and ask for forgiveness and the mercy of God is complete as well. Just like a father always waiting for the son or daughter, always ready to welcome them. Why? Everything was appeased through Christ. If you went to the Roman road, you studied this word called propitiation. You still remember that? Say it, propitiation. In other words, atonement. What's that? What in the world is that? Just like in the tribal wars, when one tribe tried to invade another tribe, but instead of winning, they lose. For the sake of peace. You know what they do for the, the tribal captain? There was one story that happened like this. For the sake of peace, he says, give me your son. I will raise him. Atonement. So that there would be peace. Let me bring it further. You see, there is justice, a, a legal, legal language, and then there is atonement or propitiation. What is that? It is to appease the troubled emotion. You know that? You husband and wife, you have this, just a little bit of it, right? When somebody says, oh, I'm really sorry, I forgot our anniversary. And then you have, the, the, the husband must make you feel good. Okay, I'll forgive you if you cook for me. Then those, that's, that's a one way, an atonement 
for your sin or forgetting the anniversary, right? Don't just say, I'm sorry. You have to do something about it. You see, when you sin in this life, you go back to Christ. You hide behind Christ and say, forgive me, Lord. And once he sees Christ in your heart and Christ in your mind and Christ in your lips, God would say, that has been atoned for. Oh, but he's not encouraging you to sin. You see, that's why the fear of God should be there. Oh, oh, since uh, I, there's forgiveness through Christ, I can sin now and just ask forgiveness later. <laughs> and that, that's not the way how it works. I believe that in the midst of problems and chaos, God is at work. Ah, no matter how terrible a situation is, do not lose hope. Instead, think of ways to preserve God's blessings. Uh, Moses' mother tried to preserve the baby. Try to preserve the blessings of God. You are blessed today. And sometimes what you see as not a blessing, you'll realize one day it's a blessing. Your, your parents who are always concerned about you, you think as invasive, you will one day realize how such great blessings they are. Your brother or your sister that you're always fighting about something, one day in the future you'll be surprised that you will have to stand with each other other and that there is no choice but to stand with each other we are in a church community here of brothers and sisters nobody's perfect nobody's perfect including you but then it's a community where we can accept one another and build one another up in Christ we have to thank God for for the blessings we take for granted the opportunity to work, let us do it well. If we can work, let's do excellent work. That God, not our bosses, but God himself would bless us because we do excellent work and we do it for him. The Bible said, whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. If we do it for the glory of God, then it is God who will promote us, not man. Whatever blessings you have, the opportunity to study is a blessing. To go to school, it is a blessing. Children, do not take it for granted. Somebody's working hard to pay for that. If not, somebody's working hard to make sure you get what you need. Do not take it for granted. We are blessed with relationships. Let us not take it for granted. We try to preserve the blessing. We are in a free country. We can share the gospel to whomever we want, and we will not be put to jail. In other countries, no, they kill you for sharing the gospel to somebody. They kill you, they persecute you, sometimes you go missing. Next application, be quick-minded like Miriam. God can bring you certain situations, divine appointments. Can you say divine appointments? God has set this up, then you'll be surprised. Oh. This is what I've been praying for. Sometimes you, you yourself are surprised. God makes things happen. I remember the time in the book of Acts, people were praying for Peter because he was in, in jail for the gospel. And they had a prayer meeting. Uh, Lord, they prayed for Peter. And suddenly the angel of the Lord opened the doors for Peter. He escaped. And then he was knocking on the door in the same house that was praying for him. And, and one of the girls saw him, and when she opened the window, 
Instead of opening the door, she ran back inside. It's Peter. It's like, why don't you open the door? He just escaped. Sometimes God will surprise us, but when the divine appointment happens, be quick. Divine appointments might also be trials and testings from God to see if you will pass. Why? What's the importance of passing it? Oh, well, so he can bring you to the next level. If you don't pass a certain grade level, you don't go to the next level. So let's see if you'll pass. Because if you don't pass, it's the same trial. We go, it cycles, cycles. Same problem again and again and again and again and again. And by God's grace, I have two witnesses as your pastor. It's been five years. It's the same problem with his brother. He hasn't passed it. God wants you to learn. But the good thing about God, it's not one time, last exam, final exam. No, he keeps giving you the exam until you get it. But when God gives us a divine appointment, we have to be quick. That's why we study God's word. Pass the test. Not only to pass the test, but to receive the blessing. Do you want to receive blessing? Do you want to receive blessing? You see, when God gives you blessing, there are blessings that come without condition. But there are blessings that come if you are ready. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Some blessings just come. You didn't work for it. But there are blessings that come depending if we are ready. So, I hope you are ready so that you can seize the opportunity. And number three, God would use Moses to deliver Israel from Egypt. God used Jesus Christ, our Lord, to deliver us from sin or the penalty of sin. Not just sin, but the penalty of sin. We must look to Christ for the salvation of our souls. Through Christ alone, my friends, there is no other way. Moses is a type of Christ in the sense that he will deliver Israel and he will give the laws. The law, it's called the Old Covenant or most popularly known as the laws of Moses. However, these were God's laws in the Old Covenant. Christ is the ultimate. He is the substance of everything, the substance of our faith, where through Him, whatever sin you've committed is forgiven. And a new life is given to us. A new promise is given to us. And that promise is eternal life, which in the Old Testament, they were still waiting to happen. They were waiting for the Messiah to happen. And they never saw that it was eternal life. They only saw a great nation. But in the New Testament, even if you die, Jesus said, yet you shall live. Let us all rise and let us pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you for reminding us of your truth. Thank you, Lord, that... We have learned much. We learned that, that we should appreciate biblical history to understand who you are and what you do. And that we must understand the present as well through Christ. Through Christ alone we are saved. We thank you, Father, that even in the midst of problems and chaos, you are there. Already working in the blessings we do not see. 
already working in things that we may not see, we may not discover yet, but you are already at work. So our response is, thank you. Thank you, Lord, knowing that you are already at work in our lives, in our families, in our church community, in our nation. Thank you, Lord. Lord, teach us to be quick-minded, Lord. By knowing Scripture or by planning the things and praying for these things, allow us to be uh, quick-minded like Miriam in those divine appointments you have set before us. And we thank you, Jesus Christ, for delivering us. Lord, I also pray for each one. As you have raised Moses, we know and I know that you have raised each and every one of us for a purpose. And that is under the blessing of Abraham, under the Abrahamic covenant, that we are blessed to be a blessing to others. So I pray each individual here to be a blessing to their relatives, to be a blessing to their friends, to, a bless, to be a blessing to their classmates. Blessing in the sense of what the Bible says. And the greatest blessing we can share is the blessing of Christ and sharing the Word of God. Father, we thank you. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all and God's people say...